The dawn of civilization. Primitive. Dangerous. Exciting. The handwriting is on the wall. If the human race is ever going to amount to anything, it needs... The most civilized caveman I have ever seen. Ah, look who's come out of his cave. Hey everyone, this is James from Cave Dweller Music. I have my co-host Brendan with me today. Uh, today we have a guest for you that's a little different to what we usually have on. We actually have one of the CDM writing staff on. Uh, I'd love to welcome Tom Hanna to the show. Thanks so much for coming on. So, so Tom contributes for us, uh, but he also contributes to a number of other publications and is involved in uh, a bunch of different parts of the underground scene. So uh, you may have seen him writing for Doomed and Stoned, Sleeping Shaman, and his own site, Tom's Reviews, which covers a lot of fantastic music. Uh, he's also, uh, just like me, a contributor at the Doom Charts. Uh, so every month he's voting to pick what is the best releases. Uh, so, Tom, do you want to just tell us a little bit about uh, your background? What got you into writing uh, and specifically for music? Um, as far as music goes, I, uh, I grew up, I was born in 1974. So I grew up in the late 70s and early 80s. And my dad had a massive vinyl collection, an old school stereo setup with a reel-to-reel and all that good stuff from back in the day. And he always had music playing. Uh, anything from the Beatles to the Moody Blues to Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin and beyond. So music was always a part of my life. And I, I was always kind of like an introvert as a kid. So it took the place of a lot of social interaction for me. And it's been the one constant in my life. Uh, as far as writing goes, that was kind of that was kind of by accident, to be honest. Um, a friend of mine and a bunch of her friends had started a magazine called Chimera Magazine, an online site based out of Syracuse, New York. And they were looking for a writer, and I sent her a message and started sending in things, and it kind of spiraled from there and turned into what it is now. Oh yeah, that's awesome. So. <laughs> One of those things where I think you kind of have to have a passion to to write about music. It's uh, it's a lot of time. It's very time consuming, as you know. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, it is very time consuming, uh, and especially when you're not getting paid for it, it's it really is like a, a work of passion. Oh, most definitely. But you know, as I go back through some of my old Facebook memories, it kind of seems like I've always done it to one extent or another. Just now, it's more. Uh more focused and more concentrated. Right, right. I'm going to ask you this question because this is definitely true for me and a lot of people I've spoken to who, who write. Um, have you always kind of been the guy who shares music with your friends? You're like, hey, yep. check this out. Yeah, yep. Yep. Most, <laughs> most definitely. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a natural progression from uh, fan to writer. <laughs> yeah. Well, and music is such an important thing that, I mean, the more people I can share good bands with and, then they'll share with people and it and it just snowballs from there and the more people they hear about especially these great underground bands i mean the better it is for everybody involved i think absolutely definitely i mean oh sorry oh i was gonna say like that's kind of how i got involved with uh james and everybody in the first place before we even were like cave dwellers i was was like you know these guys are into sharing music and i was like oh they haven't posted this so like Bam, put this in your ear holes, you know, and then it was just a natural like progression of like we just turned it into what we did, you know. Yep, definitely. 
and that's that's how Tom's reviews came about too. It was a it was a, a musician page because I was a guitarist in a, a horrorcore rap band up here, and uh, it just kind of turned into Tom's reviews, which I think is a better thing anyway. Yeah, how's Tom's reviews been uh, growing? Like, what's the journey been for for that side going up on your own? Well, for now, it's just uh, social media accounts. I don't have an actual website because I'm not technologically savvy. Um, but it's been it's been a long a long process. I started it back in 2017, shortly after I started writing for Time Era magazine, and it was small, but I'm up. I'm up over 6,000 likes and follows on my, just on the Facebook one. And then I've got, I've got Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it now. Instagram. I just started utilizing TikTok a little more because it seems like I get, like everybody gets a broader audience that way. Uh And uh, now that I'm, focusing more on music instead of some things in my personal life i'm just i'm going to start pushing the page a little harder and try and see if i can get it up to ten thousand and beyond if possible i think uh people really like that on the facebook post type uh digestible reviews style we we started as that as well before we had the website and people really loved it because it's like you don't have to go to another place to read it it's right there and the link to listen to it's right there it's just easy Yep, and from uh, starting it out, I figured out that if you put links to the band's albums in the comments, like I always use Bandcamp mm. links because I'm a huge supporter of Bandcamp. Um, yeah. It it actually helps you them be able to share your post instead of just the link, and that took me a long time to figure out. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's, it's Facebook's like. Like the the way Facebook operates is super weird with sharing. It makes it so complicated. Way yeah. way harder than it has to be. Yep, yep. Their algorithms Tw- and things are weird. Yeah, Twitter's like people can say what they want about Twitter, but it's so simple to share something on Twitter. You literally just retweet. It's done. Yep. Yeah. The only thing I don't so, like about Twitter is the length of the uh, what you can write. Yes, mm-hmm. I I know. That is so you know. unless you pay unless you pay for a premium account, then you can write as much as you want. I'm not giving Elon Musk any money. <laughs> no, right. me, me either. I think he has enough. Yeah, he has I, enough. Jeez, really, yeah. I got a new phone, and then I can't log back into Twitter. I've really? like tried to reset it a bunch of times. New password. Like I've re-went to go through like the email process and everything, and it's still not working. I don't know. Yeah, man, it's tough. I, uh, I a company I worked for uh, had the same issue where the be they lost their corporate account because another employee created it and they didn't, they couldn't reset it as well. It's, it's overly complicated. Um, but, uh, we're not here to talk about social media metrics. We're here to talk about metal. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Tom, uh, what would you say like sort of shaped your taste, uh, musically? Uh, what bands got you into it all? Um, let's see what shaped my taste. You know, my parents had a lot to do with that. Um, they were into hard rock and just like the borders of heavy metal. They weren't, they didn't go as extreme as I eventually did, but they took me to a lot of concerts when I was starting when I was 11 years old. We hair metal, blues, rock, you name it. They took me to it. Um, nice. And then when I was 16, I met my buddy, Jeff Spear, who's in a band up here called less than hate. And, uh, he introduced me to thrash metal. 
him and a couple other guys that I'm still, we're lifelong friends. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, but they got me into thrash metal. And once I hit that, nothing else mattered. Yeah. Um, Metallica, Megadeth, Anthrax, Slayer. I mean, you name it. We ate it up like it was the best dinner ever. Cause it was, um, it's actually still my favorite genre after all these years. Nice. And we're, we're talking like 1991 is when I got into it. Um, and beyond that, I mean, it's just like that natural progression. Anybody who's in the metal gets into, you find that something's heavy and you want heavier. So you go yep. from say thrash to death metal and so on and so forth. And that's, that's I still do that. I I'm going to be 49 years old in two days, and I'm still finding heavier stuff because that's what I want. I want heavier. Right. Have you found as well, like uh, when you've looked back at your progression, as you've gotten older, you've kind of also branched out to other areas you used to hate. Because I yep. definitely have. Yep, I used to despise black metal, and I'm starting to find a lot of value in it. Yeah, I think your taste kind of. I don't know if it's your taste changes, but I think maybe you realize it doesn't matter as much the things you were being picky about as you get older. Or maybe you take more chances on things or come back to things. But for me, like, I used to absolutely hate country music. Um, and I still do for the most part. But there's actually a lot, there's a lot of value in that scene in the right places. Like, there's a lot of underground stuff that's genuinely great. You just don't see it or hear it, which is a real shame. And, and you know, it's funny. I can't stand country music until i'm at the bar and i've got a beer in me and then that's the best stuff ever and i don't understand why because i hate it 99 percent <laughs> of the time <laughs> it's just like that foot stomping head nodding twangy catchy yep it's bad but the thing the thing that no one tells you growing up is that there's gothic country and like uh dark country and outlaw country and that stuff's that stuff's fantastic but that's not the stuff you ever get exposed to which is a real shame no, no, most people have no clue what that is. And there's some, like, I can't think of any of them right now, but there are some great artists doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. For me, the number one dude, and I absolutely love him, is uh, Amigo the Devil. I'm not sure if you've heard his stuff. Yup, yup, they're really good. And uh, yeah. and then even beyond that, I like some of the uh, the darker, folky, banjo-y kind of stuff, like the Dead South. Yes. Yeah, that stuff's really cool. That uh, It's like a, a gothic bluegrass. Yeah. I love that stuff. I think there's a lot of crossover there, like with vocal yeah. themes and stuff as well with metal. There's a lot of stuff about like uh, Satan and uh, like alcohol, violence, like all that type of stuff that carries over. Yeah, the darker parts of it, and they just add the twangy stuff into it. And it just <laughs> somehow it changes the vibe, and I, I still don't understand why, but I don't even think it matters. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> just, just enjoy it. <laughs> And um, the same can be said with Rockabilly and Psychobilly. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah. It's I like that thing. stuff too, though. It's good. Rockabilly, it's or, you know, Psychobilly. It's yeah, like Trump. the Horton Heat, you know? Yes, exactly. Yep. And then there's yeah. some smaller bands from Canada, like The Brains. They are fantastic. Oh, I don't know them. Yeah, they're, hmm. uh, they're really good. I, I've got a couple of their CDs here, and of course I can't think of the names right now. But uh, they're definitely worth checking out. Okay, that sounds cool. I, uh, the, the other thing about that stuff is it translates really well live. It just brings a lot of energy. Yep, yep. And you, that's what metal fans want. We want that energy and intensity. Exactly. And uh, it's funny what you're saying about like 
never finding it to be heavy enough because it is like that you like your tolerance builds and then it's the same with like using a substance <laughs> your tolerance gradually builds as you listen to heavier music and then you're like man this isn't doing it for me anymore i need something yeah. stronger yeah and you know that's what led me into bands like uh cattle decapitation when uh when i was younger i you wouldn't have caught me listening to Drine Torv or anything, but they came out with that one album where he introduced the cleans and I was I was all in. And every album since has been fantastic. I think it was uh Monolith of Inhumanity, right? I believe so. That was all that album is like a game changer for the band. That's kinda of what blew them up. Yeah. Yep. I I saw him up here in Syracuse probably eight, nine years ago, and they put on one amazing show. That's awesome. They're based. They're based down here in San Diego, but I actually haven't seen them down here. I, I really, they really don't play as many shows at home because they probably did it for so long that now that they're bigger, they just want to play, you know, other spots, which makes sense, I guess. Yeah, I wish they'd come back up here. I'd like to see them again. They always seem to be touring, but uh, I also I really respected them because uh, do you remember in 2020 there was those insanely bad fires in Australia where like the uh-huh. whole country was on fire. Um, I, I was living there at the time and they did a, uh, like a charity t-shirt that had us, uh, the whole front of the shirt is Australian animals with, uh, like their like sort of mascot thing and then a uh, fire all behind it. And all the money went to, uh, wildlife protection funds, which was really cool. That is really cool. I think I remember them doing that and, you know, that's what they're all about too, is bringing out a little bit of positivity with their extreme music. Right. Yeah. Because a lot of their lyrical themes is about like conservation and animal rights and all that stuff. Yep. Do you remember what happened with them and uh, Chris Barnes? Not in any detail. I, I'm not even sure I remember any of it, to be honest. So I, I don't know the, if it, how true it is, but apparently there are a lot of witnesses. It was all in the metal tabloids and stuff, but Apparently, Chris Barnes like uh, sucker punched uh, the vocalist Travis from Cow Decapitation like in the back of the head while he was walking away uh, uh, while they were, while they were on tour together, and then locked himself in his trailer so they could like retaliate. Oh, I do remember hearing about that now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I could go off on Chris Barnes all day. Us too, man. <laughs> I feel the same way. <laughs> I loved his vocals on those early Cannibal Corpse albums, but if I never yeah. hear him sing again, it will be too soon. Yeah, the uh, the last few Six Feet Unders have been pretty pretty painful to. They, they've to been horrific. To. <laughs> horrific yeah. is the only word that describes it. He's yeah. uh and he likes to block people on Twitter. And I, I yeah, don't I know. I know that because I'm one of them. I have a bunch <laughs> of friends blocked by him. <laughs> it's kind of he, funny. He can't handle the truth, and his uh, his outlook on modern death metal is atrocious. Yeah, I know. I've seen it. He just says everyone sucks, basically. All the new bands suck. There's no good death metal anymore. Right. No good death metal. Uh, 200 stab wounds. Chris, come on, Dude, buddy. Wow. Yeah, there's so, know, many, so many good bands. It's, it's like, anyone that's like that age that says there's no good new music is just not listening to the right people. Yeah, he sounds like Gene Simmons. Yes. I mean, Gene Simmons is like one of those windbags that never shuts up either. Just constantly has shit takes on things. Yep. Kind of like uh, Ted Nugent. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of them. <laughs> oh, boy, is there. <laughs> but uh, so <laughs> what about this year? Uh, it's been a huge year for metal, as you obviously know. I've seen you cover a bunch of cool stuff. Uh, what's some of the stuff that stood out to you in 
2023? Um, my top album for 2023, and I've been working on my uh, my top 10 list of the year, but my top pick has been since before it came out, the new Dope Lord. Yeah, Songs nice. For Satan, nice. Songs for Satan is the epitome of stoner doom, and they are like the kings of that genre right now, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, that's phenomenal. Yeah. I agree. That album's probably going to be on the uh, on my list for the end of the year. Like I can't, I can't stop listening to it. I probably play it four or five times a week still. Wow. <laughs> and and I've had it for probably two months before it came out because if I remember correctly, I reviewed it for the Sleeping Shaman. Right. Yeah. Right. Nice. Yeah. Though I love all their albums, man. They're really great. Yeah, great band. Um, and aside from them, there's. Like the new Cannibal Corpse, Chaos Horrific. That's another one that I listen to a couple times a week still. Um, the new Cattle Decapitation, Terracite, obviously. Uh, boy, I can't even yeah, believe- that, was, that was a fun one. I, I liked it I liked it more than the previous one, I think. Yeah, I did too. And another one that made my top 10, and people are going to be like, oh, you're such a poser, but I don't care, <laughs> uh, is the new Metallica album, 72 Seasons. Oh yeah, you were a fan. I that was the first thrash band I ever heard, and okay. I I kind of have a love hate relationship with them. Yeah, but yeah, I think a lot of people do. They've been winning me back album by album, and while seventy two seasons is bloated in a few spots, well, yeah. more than more than a few, there is some solid riffs and songwriting going on. Yeah, and watching the videos of them on tour right now, playing these songs live. They're nailing it, and I'm really impressed that these guys that are 60, 61 years old are still going out and can play the old songs the way they can, and the new songs as well. Um, I'm really impressed with them this year. My main criticism was what you mentioned. I just felt like they really could have trimmed some of the fat on those tracks. Um, yeah, like maybe like maybe like 20% of the album could have been taken out and would have been a much cleaner listen. If that album would have been 45, 50 minutes long instead of, what is it, 71, I think, it would have yeah, been a whole lot better. Right. 71 is too long for a thrash album that isn't like prog thrash or like technical thrash. Right. Yeah, and, and even some of those songs that are bloated, I still love them. I just, they could be two minutes shorter, like uh, You Must Burn. That's two minutes too long. Yeah, definitely. But it is their most stoner, doom kind of song that they've ever done. Right. Right. And I think that's what pulled me Man. into it. Anything um, else that, you, that stood out to you? Oh, God. I can't even think of this came out this year, but I absolutely was in love with the newest Fear Factory album. I can't remember if that was last year or this year or not, though. Hmm. No, I don't think. Uh, I want to say it was last year, but let me check. I'll, I'll tell you right now. It does blend. It kind of bleeds together, doesn't it? Like it uh, does. what came, what came out when? It's like when I do my end of year list, I like put stuff on there. I'm like, wait, this was like a year ago. I, yeah, I had to do that. Titles and like all the dates, release dates. You know, like, oh yeah, it Oops. all blurs it, together. Well, are you talking about the compilation, the industrialist, the reindustrialized? No. Uh, oh, what was it? Ag- aggression continuum. Yeah, that one, and then the remix album they did after that, recoded. And I think Recoded was this year. Uh, Recoded was 22. Oh, man, Uh, man, I'm way behind. 
the industrialist was 23 and then they did the full new album uh aggression continuum in 21 oh i am way off then <laughs> um so let's go back to 2023 and uh the newest overkill album was very good they're always good i love overkill they're so much fun dude i wasn't i wasn't as happy with this one as i was the one before at wings of war because that was that album was just stellar from start to finish but there were some solid songs on the newest one and of course i can't remember the name right now have you heard the new uh vastum album i have not heard that yet no that's uh a competitor for my album of the year i've listened to it like 60 times in the last few weeks but <laughs> it's just so much fun it's such a fun album it's just like really evil death like death metal but super thrashy and like some underlying groove it's just it's just good that sounds like it would be right up my alley yeah yeah if you like like i guess like osdm style stuff but with a thrashy twist and like a little bit of black metal influence you'll dig it you're talking about the inward what was that the inward to just the main is that the album yeah uh inward to uh guess uh wasn't it uh inward to get gethsemane yeah there we go Mm -hmm. which is uh i don't know if you know what that's a, a nod towards um i'm pretty sure it's a nod towards that incantation album onwards to golgotha but it might not be. I'm just probably reading more into it than I should. It could be, though. It sounds very similar. <laughs> it does. And, like, those guys, like, they've obviously got taken some influence. Everyone t- these days has taken some influence from uh, Incantation. Right. That's like uh, the 2020s death metal sound is Incantation worship. Yep. Which is, is not a bad thing. No, no. definitely not. Uh, Brandon, we've talked a lot about music. Did you have some non-music questions you want to ask? Oh, jeez. Well, um, as I, so, writing to about music is all good and all that stuff. But um, what's your your favorite um, venue to visit, like to go see live music? Well, when I'm able to go to shows, which I haven't been able to since before the pandemic, um, my favorite venue of, in this area is the Lost Horizon in New York, uh, Syracuse. Okay. It's small, it's a little dirty and grimy, but they put on some of the coolest heavy shows. Um, I've seen Napalm Death there, Cataclysm. Oh, cool. I want to say we saw Cannibal Corpse there one time. And, you know, going all the way back to the early 90s with hardcore bands like Earth Crisis and Snapcase and Shelter. And, like, that place has just been there forever. And it's like a a central New York staple. Yeah, nice. And we just had a new venue open up that I haven't gone to yet, but I want to. It's called The Song and Dance, and that's also in Syracuse. And they've been putting on some incredible shows already. On Halloween, they just had Carnifex, which I really wanted to go to because I love their new album, but I was working, of course. <laughs> yeah, I hate when that happens. They're like some other commitments, and you're just like, shit, man. Like, there was like a real badass show the other day, like Inter Arma and, and Wake was playing, and I was busy. I'm like, no. Oh, no. I, wanted to go, I wanted to go to that show as well on that tour, but I was also busy. That's, that was a great lineup. I know, man. I was like, fuck, I really want to go to this. But then I'm like, I, I just can't. I couldn't do it. I'm like, man, <laughs> stupid things and people and things and stupid uh, life commitments. 
Yeah, yeah. Adult, yeah. adulting. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and we've got an amphitheater out here that has some uh, pretty good bigger shows that come through. They've had Slipknot and Snoop Dogg. And in May, and I'm so hoping to be able to go to this. We have Judas Priest coming there. Nice. Very nice. And oh, that's, not- that's, that's probably the album I'm looking most forward to for 2024. Yeah, nice. yeah. I was going to ask you, did, what do you think of the singles? I think they're fantastic. I wasn't, like, I liked the first one. Uh, what was it called? Anxiety or something or Panic or something. I can't remember what. Yeah, yeah. But Trial by Fire makes that song look like garbage. The second song? Yeah, yep. the second song was, that was really good. And I kind of like how they're pulling from their 80s sound a little more because it's not as, exactly it's not as heavy as firepower and i love firepower yeah. but i like what they're doing now way better yeah no it's good it's good stuff it's like a return to form <laughs> yep yep and you know that's the, that was their classic era the 80s and yes to me that's still the pinnacle of their time I until, agree. You hit, until you hit 1990 and then painkiller and that's my favorite album by them that's their best. I mean, I think objectively, that's their best album. Like musically speaking, it's just so good. Well, and they they tried something they hadn't tried yet, and it was, I mean, it was almost thrashy. It was yeah. thrashy in a lot of different spots, and the yeah. addition of Scott Travis on drums. I mean, that just changed the game for them. Right. Right. Do yeah. you remember that thing that came out about that album uh, about who played bass? I don't know if I heard that or not. Uh, apparently, uh, he only came forward years later, but I think, I want to say it was the bass player from Deep Purple played bass on that album. Um, for some reason, their bass player couldn't, uh, he had some commitment that came up. He couldn't uh, be there for it. So on the recording, it's, uh, I think, one of, maybe some of the tracks are him, or some aren't, or all the tracks are him. But yeah, Deep Purple's dude uh, played that. No kidding. I had no idea. Yeah, he he didn't say anything for years because he's not in the credit notes. And then he came forward in an interview or something and said, oh, "That was actually me." That's pretty interesting. That's not something. That's not something I've seen anywhere before. That's cool. Uh, yeah, it was. Here it is. So Don Airy played the bass parts at, uh, on a Mini Moog synthesizer. They're not even real bass. That's what it looks like from what I'm reading. Wow, that's a shocker to me. Yeah, here it is. Okay, it's no secret that Deep Purple's keyboardist Don Airy played keyboards on Judas Priest's 1990 Painkiller, but what we didn't know is the bass on the album was actually performed by him on his keyboard as well. Huh. That's that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I remember reading that at the time. I forgot the keyboard part, but yeah, it was it was crazy. Some of those songs are really fast to be playing bass on a keyboard on. Right. Yeah, it makes it more impressive. <laughs> yeah, it does, actually. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Uh, Brendan, anything else you want to ask? Oh, well, while you're out and uh, going to shows and whatnot, and you get hungry, right, where's uh, some places that you stop, like the little, the little ace places that, like, no one really knows about. I wish I could say there was some, but I usually just go to the fast food joint and grab the heaviest, greasiest thing I can <laughs> and uh, eat that. Um, there are times when uh, 
we've hit up little restaurants and stuff, um, like chilies and stupid shit like that. But if I go yeah. to like a show around here, there's tons of pizza places around here that are just fantastic. Uh, we actually have one in our town called New York Pizzeria, which every town has one of those. But uh, this one is one of the better ones I've been to. The guy who runs it is straight from Italy, and he makes a real good pie, especially their Sicilian pizzas. I love those things. Nice. Um, beyond that, I don't. I eat at home most of the time. Right on. There right was on. a there was a mushroom head show we went to in Pennellville, and uh, I wish I could remember the name of that place. But they they serve some really good burgers, and it's way out in the middle of the nowhere. So even the bands were on stage complaining about how there's no cell service. <laughs> And that was the show where I actually got turned on to the Browning, which is another band that I absolutely love. Nice. But I live in a pretty secluded part of New York. Um, Lowellville isn't the biggest place in the world, and we probably have more cows here than we do people. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, like oh, and Syracuse, kind of, like a three-hour plus drive, like three hours forty minutes or so. Uh, from where I'm at, it's an hour and a half. Damn. I'm actually closer to Canada than I am Sy- uh, Syracuse. Oh, no shit. Yep. Yeah, so, yeah, that's way up there. Yeah, oh, yeah. But it's not a bad place to live, you know. Um, it's a little secluded for the kind of music I like to listen to. But yeah. there's, there's, there's some local bands kicking around in the surrounding areas that are good. Like I mentioned earlier, my buddy Jeff is in a band called Less Than Hate, and uh, they're very good. Um, out of Corning, I think it's Corning, New York, is a band called Bound and Fordered, and they're they're deathcore, more or less, but yeah. they are absolutely fantastic. They just opened for Carnifex in Syracuse, and for Suicide Silence and I believe, Rochester, and... Even uh, Eddie from Suicide Silence said they were the best band on the bill that night. Damn. So there's some good stuff floating around. It's just not all super close to me. I uh, yeah, yeah. I, I love it when opening acts outperform the headliners. I mean, it's like kind of embarrassing for the headliners, but as an audience member, it's like, this was so unexpectedly cool. Yep, yep. And uh, I had... Uh, Mutual friends at that show, and they, they were really blown away by Bound and Quartered. And they've only got one, I believe it's only one single out called Karma, and that's okay. on all the services, but it's a very good track. Okay. I uh, like I, I say this with respect because Candlemass is in my top five bands of all time. Absolutely love Candlemass. But I uh, saw them live uh, recently, and there's a band from LA called Early Moods. I don't know if you've heard of them. I have heard of them. Yeah, um, they opened for them, and holy crap, they blew them out of the water. The energy that they brought to the stage was just phenomenal. And then, like, Candlemass, it all kind of, like, you know, they're older. They don't have, they can't move around as much. They don't have the energy. They're still, it's Candlemass, so I was like, I had to see them live, but I didn't expect <laughs> them to get, like, obliterated by these young guys from L.A. Yeah. And, you know, it's think- funny, too. Those, those young bands are out there 
grinding and doing all this great stuff and the music business is just squishing them and they're not they're not getting the attention or the financial backing that they deserve right i had i had a conversation with two guests about this uh a little while back and like this is in no way shitting on the legends but there's a lot of these bands that are just taking up the space in the scene who I mean, they maybe shouldn't be releasing stuff anymore on major labels. They should kind of step aside and let some of the up-and-comers take their place. Because some of these bands, like, they just don't have it anymore. And uh, they're just churning out these albums that are kind of like empty vessels. And for what? Just to keep making that money is our way I look at it. Exactly. That's all it is. Exactly. It's it's not a creative thing at that point. It's just like, well, it's still a band. People are still willing to pay us money because we have the band name. But, but that's the problem is these guys are still at the top of the chain. So other people can't move up. And then because they can't move up, the people below them can't move up. And, you know, that goes back to what I was saying about Metallica. I love Metallica, mm-hmm. but it's time to let somebody else take that top slot. Exactly. That's exactly it. And it's the and same it's, with like, if, it's not just record deals, it's festivals as well, like headlining slots. Same, same thing. Yep, I am so sick of seeing Slipknot on every festival and, and then hearing <laughs> yeah. Corey Taylor's dumb opinions on every media site. Well, it's it's mostly like the, the, the couple of them, like metal sucks every time. No, no matter what happens, here's what Corey Taylor thinks, here's what Papa from Ghost thinks, here's what Nurgle thinks every time. And you know, I love Ghost. I think they're great, but I'm tired of hearing about them. I'm tired of hearing about Slipknot, and I used to love them, but I have no love for them anymore. Yeah. Um, and Metallica, Megadeth, like, I liked the last Megadeth album, mm-hmm. but after a few listens, it was really boring. Yeah, there's younger thrash bands that are putting out better stuff. Yeah, yeah. like, uh, uh, there's one out of Canada called Hazard, and they're fantastic, and they're hugely yes. inspired by Megadeth. Yes. But they're putting out music that's got energy, and yeah, Megadeth feels, is just going through emotions. Right, right. I will say, though, that out of that old-school era, I am really looking forward to new Anthrax. That's the one classic legendary thrash band I could not get into. I've tried so many times, and I've seen them live three times, and it just hasn't clicked for me. I I like pretty much every era of them. Okay. And as much as I love Joey's voice and his singing with that band... I really think their best album is Sound of White Noise with uh, John Bush. Okay. I haven't heard that one. Maybe I'll try that one because I think it might be his voice that doesn't work for me. Um, And that's what it is for a lot of people is Joey's voice is just, he's not a traditional metal singer. He's got more of that Steve Perry from Journey sound to him. Yeah. Yeah, But when John Bush came in from Armored Saint, it changed the band. They kind of they did what a lot of thrash bands did in the '90s. They started going into that direction that would put them into the limelight a little more, Hard as they were trying to compete with new metal. Yep, yep. Sound of White Noise is probably the most solid album out of all the bands that tried to do that. It's not a new metal album. It's a change, and it was a really good change. All right, I'll check it out. That sounds interesting. Um, I know exactly what you're talking about because I remember uh, Megadeth did, was it Risk? That was the 90s. And then um, Metallica, obviously, we know what Metallica did. Um, it was uh, St. Anger. Yeah, uh, and even uh, Slayer got in on it with, I believe it was Diabolus and Musica. 
And yes, I love was. that album, but most people hate it. I don't yeah. mind it. It has a few tracks that I really enjoy, but I understand where people are coming from. It's very not metallic. Tried they tried the new metal. Yeah. Well, that's where everybody thought everything was going, and new metal fizzled out, but it's starting to come back too. I've noticed. It is. There's a new wave of it. I've noticed as well. And I don't mind that because I like new metal. Yeah, I, I don't get the the hate for it because I mean, there's some stuff I hate. Like I hate Limbiscuit. I I just cannot stand Limbiscuit. But I love Corn. I'll defend them any day of the week. Um, yep. I, I love Static X. Oh um, man, that's my favorite right there. Good yes, shit, man. And uh, I like. I genuinely like a lot of Cold Chamber's work as well. I actually just listened to their first album yesterday. And we're okay. surprised at how well it holds up even now. It does. Uh, but for me, it's their third album. I like their third album a lot. Like, that that genre had so much groove. And... Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, it had that groove and intensity. And it was heavy and angry. It just, I mean, it pulled in all the stuff that's great about heavy music but made it accessible. Right. And the first two Slipknot albums, uh, maybe even three, are, are really good as well. Like, that was such... That was some really genuinely angry, aggressive, heavy music. Yep. And, I mean, people will die on the hill saying that Iowa is the best album to come out of that genre. Iowa's I a good album. It, it's a great album. I don't know if it's the best one to come out of that area, though. Um, yeah. I actually prefer their first album to that. I, I listen to the first one more than the second. But I mean, uh, for me, Static X was the best band to come out of that whole scene. Yeah, I can, I can. For me, it's Corn, but Static X is a close second. It's, uh, it's good stuff. The thing I like about Corn and appreciate about them is that they were never at any point afraid to do whatever they wanted to change their sound. Like if you listen to their discography from start to finish, no two albums sound exactly the same. No, they don't, and that is that is one of the things that makes them stand out from that whole herd of new metal. They didn't, right? They did what they wanted to do when they wanted to do it. Exactly. They even did a dubstep album, and people were like they sold out. I'm like, dude, you obviously don't know anything about them because they've always done stuff like this. Like they've, they've and, always and that was, done what they that want. That wasn't my favorite album by them, but there were some really cool tracks on it. It was an experiment. It didn't really work, but at least they tried something different. Yep, and mm. that's what. That's what music's about, is growing and expanding. And it's not always about making music for the people. It's about making music for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think artists that make music that they want to listen to normally make better music. Yep. I just read something uh, yesterday on the internet where uh, Suicidal Tendencies is actually making a new album. Oh. And their, their singer, Mike Muir, said that, People are probably going to hate it, but he's like, it doesn't matter because I didn't make this album for anybody else but me. Yeah, I love that. I, I love those guys. He, they're, they're so funny, but also so talented. <laughs> and so long-lasting. I mean, what, their first album come out in, like, 83? Yes. And yeah, for the like style that. of music they do, you wouldn't think they'd still be around. <laughs> what was that uh, song with the music video about the, the Pepsi? Uh, oh, God, oh. what was the name of that song? institutionalized yes i love that song yeah i do too that was the first track i ever heard by him on mtv yeah, when i was a kid <laughs> yeah it's so good no mom i just want a pepsi you're on drugs <laughs> no mom please <laughs> and he looks so young in that video yeah 
Yeah. Um, Brendan, we're coming up on time. Do you have anything else you want to ask? Um, well, being a, a great descriptive writer and, and all that good stuff, um, who got you into um, writing in particular? Was it like some like authors you were reading and like picked up a style or was there like a, a journalist or somebody that like, what, how'd that all start? I think like some of my descriptive stuff comes from reading a lot of Stephen King when I was younger. Cause he's very descriptive. Um, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes excessively. So, um, I, I don't like to go as deep into it as he does, but I try to, I try to portray the emotions that I'm feeling with music. And okay. that comes from, that comes from my love of books in general. Um, and I like poetry and I like the, I like the idea that you can take what you're feeling, put it into words and then make somebody else feel it. So it's not, it's not like dry to read. I want people to, I want people to understand how this track makes me feel or how this riff hits me and, and all the other stuff that goes along with that. I want, I want them to feel what I'm feeling. And if I can even make them feel a portion of that, I feel that I've done good. Hell yeah. Cause I mean, music is, it's been the one thing besides my kids that's always been there. And I have such a deep love for it that I want people to feel that love for it too. Definitely. I fully agree. That's awesome. That's why uh, we don't write negative reviews on our site because like, we're not about that. We're about sharing good things that people should enjoy, not shitting on people's art. And that's why I I won't do a negative review. If I don't like something, sorry, pass. Exactly. Right, exactly. It's like you only have so much time in the day to cover things. I cover like one percent of what I'd like to cover. Why would I waste it on something I don't like? Yes, exactly. Right. It's just putting your energy into something negative, even though like it's just yeah, man. There's the just wo- no need for it. The world's so negative already. Like you don't need more of that, you know? Yeah. Why right. add to it? And that yeah. you know that's what the internet wants though is they want that negative thing so they can latch onto it and talk trash about everybody. I'm not going to feed into that. That's I mean, why I don't follow a lot of the big sites like uh, Metal Injection. They've got some good writers, but the comment sections are so negative. It's just like yeah, I have to stay away from it because I don't want to be part of it. Also, not, that I ha- not that I haven't been, of course. Just terrible opinions, too, like outright wrong a lot of the time I've seen. It's like, yeah. just arg- arguing with other people to argue. Yeah, exactly. And some people, like, no matter what someone says, will just disagree with them. Like, even if it's, like, the sky is blue, it'll be like, it's green, you stupid fuck. Like, you know, it's like... Right. Yeah. Yep. And that's that's why I avoid politics and religion and all that stuff. Because it's all, you're wrong, I hate you because you're wrong, you suck. Well, right. yeah. the, world's not, the world's not black and white. There's a lot of gray area. And we no. basically live in the gray area. Everyone does, but some people don't think they do. Yeah, right. well... They've got a lot of waking up and growing up to do, in my opinion. <laughs> no, I agree. Yes, sir. So we've got a question we like to ask everyone before we wrap up, and it's it's kind of a fun one, but it might be a little challenging. Okay. Um, so, okay, here we go. So if you were stranded on a desert island, all you had was a solar-powered Discman and three CDs to listen to on repeat until you got rescued, what would you want them to be? Uh, first one would be Black Sabbath, Master of Reality. Okay, nice. Second one would be Guar, Scum Dogs of the Universe. Nice. 
And the third one would probably be Static X Start a War. Interesting choice for the All Static right. X one. That's uh, it's not an album people normally pick when they talk about Static X. As much as I love Static X and I think their first album is great, it is not my favorite album by them. No, that's not mine either. Um, I'm trying to think what mine is called. Let me see. I'm blanking. The one I listen to most and come back to the most is uh, Cannibal. Yep, that's my second favorite. Okay, that is a good one. Really good one. I recently um, found uh, the uh, physical copy of the CD and DVD of that, and I'd been looking for it forever. Oh, really? Nice. That's awesome. What do you think of the new vocalist, by the way? You know, a lot of people hate what they're doing. I think it's great. I've already got the uh, Project Regeneration Volume 2 on pre-order. I can't wait for it to drop. Um, I was super excited when they announced Project Regeneration Volume 1. Uh-huh. I interviewed Tony Campos back then, and I think what they're doing is fantastic. Wayne Static was such a unique talent that his music should be played. It should be put out there. Yeah, And I I'm agree. honestly hoping that they do original music of their own. What's uh, Tony Campos? He's from... I'll probably get crucified for that, but that's okay. <laughs> a lot of people What's don't a... like it. Well, Tony Campos has been... He, he was in um, Ministry, Prong, and Soulflyer at some point, right? And he is in Fear Factory now. Right, 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 right. That's what it is, yeah. yeah. I So I, I saw Static X when they did the... I think it was called like the Back from the Dead tour or something like that. Um, when they came back after um, Wayne died. Uh-huh. And uh, they hadn't announced who the vocalist was. He had the mask on and it was all hidden and stuff and... I can't remember who they were touring with. There was someone uh, in a similar vein, but I, they they were great life. I thought it was awesome. He really like carried the energy that I expected from the band. And he's got, while he doesn't sound exactly like Wayne, he pulls it off really, really well. Right. No, he does. He does. He, it's like as close as I could think they'd get. Um, it's so dope. That's right. That's who they were with. Um, yep. They were with they, Dope. And, that, and the singer is reportedly Edsel Dope. I, that was my guess as well, because it, it looked a lot like him build-wise, because they played one after the other, and then it sounded a lot like him. Um, so I, I figured it was him. I do like the way he's handling that, though, because he's not going to come out and admit that it's him, because he doesn't want it to be about him. He wants it to be about Wayne Static, which is exactly what it should be about. Right. And I think that is so respectable. And the right. internet hates it. They hate it as much as they hate the Pantera re. Well, I'm not going to call it a reunion because it's not the the new Pantera tour. I I see both sides of the Pantera tour thing, and I understand yeah. the people that say like that's not what the rest of the band wanted, and then they stated that before they passed away. So I can see where those people are coming from. But at the I same time, too. at the same time, like I get that there's a whole generation of listeners that have never seen them live, and why wouldn't they play for them? I, I feel I consider myself lucky to have seen Pantera back in oh ninety seven, and they they were a force to be reckoned with. And I think if these guys can come out and even do a fraction of that, they're doing a service to the Abbott brothers. Right. Yeah. Right. Vinnie Paul mean, would hate it. He would hate it. Yeah. But I don't think Dimebag would. He was such a nice, forgiving person that I think he'd be cool with it. Yeah, 
show. And he's one of those people that I wish I'd had a chance to meet while he was still alive. I've read some amazing stories about the guy. Yeah, I've never heard a negative word about the dude, honestly. No, and anything negative you hear is because of this this culture we have now where if you if you do something they look down on, you're automatically this demonic, horrible person, which maybe that's true sometimes, but not all the time. Right. Uh, so just before we wrap up, for anyone who wants to like follow your page or any of the sites that you write for, what's the best platforms to do that? Uh, they can find Tom's reviews on Facebook, which is where I post reviews that I write specifically for that. Uh, all the links to any of the other sites I write to go to that, like Cave Dweller Music, The Sleeping Shaman, Doomed and Stoned. And, of course, I post the Doom charts every month, usually. Um, other than that, they can find my stuff on Cave Dweller Music. Uh, Doomed and Stone, they have their sites on the internet for all that stuff. Uh, Sleeping Shaman. I've got accounts on Instagram, X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Um, I started utilizing my TikTok, and I'm going to do that more. And then eventually, I'm hoping to have a website. Depends on if I can get somebody who will help me do it, because I'm just I'm not good with setting that kind of stuff up. It's uh, definitely worth having someone do it for you. Who knows what they're doing? Uh, we, uh, we yeah. um, the new Cave Dollar website is like <laughs> infinitely better than the previous one that I built. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean. Just even you could just internet search Tom's reviews or any of the sites that I've listed that I write for, and uh, I suggest that everybody go who enjoys psychedelic rock of any kind, old, new, or whatever, goes and checks out the Third Eye Psych blog. It may not be up much longer, so go check it out now while it's still there. Um, I'm really hoping Nick keeps it up and keeps it going on his own, but. We'll see. I hope it's still there. It's worth checking out. There's a lot of good music on there that are from those genres. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and, and talking with us. It was uh, it's a great time chatting. Oh, thank you for having me. It's uh, that's it's been an honor. Yeah, always, always welcome back. And Excellent. Uh, I would love to. Awesome. Uh, maybe we do like a once a year check in. <laughs> yeah. And for anyone listening at home, uh, come back next week. We'll have another guest for you. Thank you.